feet, if you will. Go ahead, turn to Romans chapter 1 in your Bibles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you, oh Lord. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. I just want to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I just, before we go into the word of the Lord, I just, you know, I just love him so much. And God's presence is everything, amen? His presence is everything can't do anything without his power and his presence. It's so significant and important. Before y'all interrupt me, are we still in Romans chapter number one? Let's start in verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. 
For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Hold your finger there, and I want you to jump on over to Second Chronicles chapter number 7. I'm going to read verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Father, you are a good and amazing God. Father, we thank you for your word today. And God, will you please speak to us. Use this broken vessel, God, to communicate to your people the unsearchable wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God. Father, we tremble in your presence. Because we know, God, the urgency of this moment and of this hour. Sanctify us, Lord. Make us ready in this hour. Make us ready in this moment so that you can be glorified and your word, your kingdom would be advanced through your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're beginning a brand new series entitled Vertical. For those of you who don't know, each month during the month of October, we as a church, we fast and pray. And this has been a, been a tradition for us for probably at least several years. And so we will continue to do that. In fact, uh, we have upcoming uh, the last week of the month. We call it our Consecration Week. And that is a time when we will be fasting and we will be praying and obviously, we, that's right before uh, the election. And the reason why I mention that is because we are having as a theme this year for our prayer, for our consecration week, and it will be Wake Up America. So we will be praying for our nation, and we will meet 
from October 24th to the 28th, we will meet every one of those nights like we traditionally do from 7 to 8.30. We will start with a devotional, and then we will go into the throne room of God and believe God for some amazing things. I know that right at the beginning, uh, before I really jump into what I'm going to talk about today, that I know that not everybody will appreciate what I'm about to say. This, med- this message really, in a lot of ways, uh, is prophetic in its orientation. And what I simply mean by that is that it speaks about things that are not just now, but things to come. How many know that God is a prophetic God? God knows the end and the beginning. And God has something to say to our nation. You've heard me say this over and over again, that the church must not be seen as being of the world, but we are simply in the world. The power of the church is in her identity of not being of the world. But yet, since we are in the world, we know God left us here. He wants us to engage. God wants us to get involved. He wants us to be salt and light wherever we go. In every sphere of influence within our society, God wants his people there, involved. He wants us to be engaged. Primarily with the good news of the gospel. If there was ever a time that the church need to be praying, that time is now. I believe with all of my heart, and I say this with deep conviction of soul, I believe that in many ways our nation is under the judgment of God. I don't say that lightly. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. But it doesn't take a rocket science to see that as time progresses, our nation is drifting further and further away from anything that looks like the God of the Bible. And as a consequence, and as a consequence, we have been seeing so many problems. So many issues in our nation. And prayer is a powerful weapon that we have. Colossians 4.2 says that we're to continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Our nation needs prayer. The good thing of it is, is that prayer really does Change things. Does anybody really believe that? The power of our prayers is significant. Don't underestimate the power of your prayer. That's why the Bible says that men all pray and always to faint. Why does it tell us that? Because oftentimes the temptation is to faint when we don't see things happening in the immediate. We don't see things happening as quick as we would like them to happen. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the condition of our nation can be altered by a people of God who will come together and cry out for God's mercy over our land. How many of you believe that today? 
The condition, let me, let me say this because I made a radical statement in the beginning of this mess, and I said I believe that our nation is under the judgment of God simply because we have rejected him in so many ways. For an example, crime and lawlessness is running rampant. Violence seems to be invading our community and our learning institutions. Our young people are being gunned down in the streets. Sexual immorality has graduated into the destruction of the family unit. We have redefined what marriage is. How many know you can't redefine what God has already defined no matter what you do. We have changed and altered our laws to facilitate our perverted desires as a society. In many ways, we have become our own God by altering our God-given gender that was assigned to us at birth. Our political system is on the verge of collapse. I know some of you are saying, you know, well, you know, if I get my candidate in, it won't, it won't collapse. No, no, you, you, you miss it. It's bigger than your candidate. The God of the Bible is being rejected and dismissed as simply that's your opinion or that's outdated and it's not meant for today. This is what people are saying more and more. As a consequence, how many know that God never forces anybody to do anything as it relates to wanting to obey him? God, he, he, he's merciful in that he sends warnings. He sends out his messengers. He wants us to, to preach the word and to remind people of his love. But how many know that if men continues to run and to do what he wants to do outside of God, how many know that eventually that car is going to crash? So we read, we begin this sermon this morning reading in Romans chapter 1. So I want to draw a parallel because I want you to be able to see it from the scriptures. And what you will see, you will see, for lack of better words, you will see America in this text in terms of her actions and her heart toward God. And it says that, and the first thing it says there is that the wrath of God, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. The wrath of God, the anger of God, the judgment of God is revealed against, from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. See, the wrath of God is an element of his judgment, his displeasure. It says in verse 21 that they refuse to glorify God. They refuse to recognize him. They don't want to hear anything that has to do with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says as a consequence, their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. How many know that in our country, in our world today, there's a, there's a darkness? And you don't even have to be deep spiritually to see that something is wrong. Now, the Bible says, I don't know if you noticed this as I was reading this particular passage of Scripture. Three times in Romans chapter 1, it says, and God gave them up. And God gave them up. And God gave them up. Verse number 24, 
Look at verse 1 to 24. And therefore God also gave them up. Look at verse number 26. God gave them up. Verse 28. God gave them over. See, whenever God gives them over or gives them up to whatever they want, it's God's way of saying, hear this, church, I still listen, say amen. It's God's way of saying, I've, I've, been, I've been trying to communicate with you. I want to heal you. I, how many know God wants this nation to be blessed? America is one of the most blessed nations on the entire planet. It's not perfect. I know we've had slavery, Jim Crow laws. I understand that. But with all of our imperfections, there was somebody who had an acknowledgement of God. They tried to at least frame the Constitution around the ideas and the principles of Scripture. Although although not having done it perfectly. But God, when the Bible says that God gave them up, it's God's way of saying, I've been trying to talk to you. But if you don't, if you if you want to do it your way, if you don't want to hear me, if you don't want to listen to my manservant, if you don't want to hear the truth, if you don't want to do relationships like I tell you to do relationships, if you don't want to love one another like I tell you to love one another, if your political system don't want to work the way that I think it ought to work, if you don't want to do these things, and here what God is saying, He says, I'm going to give you up. And when God gives you up, He's essentially saying, have it. The Burger King, have it your way. And when we have it our way, understand there's a consequence because the judgment of God really, church, is when God removes his hand. When God says, okay, go. Because how many know that the wages of sin is what? Death. Y'all remember David, when David sinned against Bathsheba, God said, God said, now the sword will never leave your house. And you remember David's family was all messed up. All that really happened was God, get, God just stepped out of the way and allowed it to happen. How many know that if it wasn't for the grace of God, oh, come on, church, if it wasn't for the restraint of the Holy Spirit, things would be so much worse. And because of the people of God, understand this. And so it says constantly that God gave them up. In other words, God says, okay, okay, I've tried but you don't want this. You don't want to hear me. You booted me out of your schools. You don't want me. You don't want them to pray at graduation ceremonies. You don't you don't want anything to do with my word. So now you're going to have the full consequence of what you want. Go for it. God allows people to see how bad it is without his holy restraint. And so he goes on. So, so the question then becomes, what did God give them up to? What did God give them up to? Now, I can't cover all these because I don't have time. But I'm just going to pull out a couple, a couple of these as it relates so you can understand and see where I'm going with this and see the picture of why we need to be praying for our nation. God gave them up to homosexuality. I know it's not politically correct to stand up here and to say anything against that. But how many know that I'm first called by God and not called by man? I will preach the word of God in season, out of season. If you like it, love it, leave it, lump it. It is what it is. But I'm going to stay with God because how many know that God has set some things in order and only he knows what's right. Are y'all hearing me this morning? So God gave them over to vile passions 
Extremely, uh, vile means extremely unpleasant, repulsive, degrading, morally despicable or apparent. What else he give them up to? Sexual immorality. You want to have multiple sex partners? You don't want to be faithful? You don't believe in the context of, of marriage between man and a woman? You don't believe in the, in the context of, of the sanctity of, of being faithful to one another in a love relationship? Then I'll let you have your way. If you want to go out there and sleep around, go, I'm, I'm going to stop. Go, go for it. I'm going to let you. I'm going to give you up to it. How many know that oftentimes, and many of you are witnesses here this morning, that, that before, if, if, when you were in sin, that, that, that oftentimes God kept sending you warnings. Come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? He kept trying to let you know, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But how many know it comes a point in time, and America is there where God is saying, okay, I want you to get this in your spirit. He also gave them up to a debased mind that is thinking that is perverted and twisted, a mind that is void of its original intention, it, it, a, mind that, a mind that cannot think straight. How many know that people are walking in darkness, they, 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 can't even, they don't even, it, it don't even make sense. You who are walking in the light, you know what I'm talking about. If you're walking in the light, say amen. He gave them up to a debased mind. A perverted or ungodly actions are born out of a perverted or ungodly mind. So God gave them up. Okay, you, you, get, you want it your way? You think you know better than me? Okay. This is where we're at. Verse 29, he gave them up to murder. In our country today, abortions continue to be at all-time high. And we celebrate and make laws to affirm it. How many know that God don't like it? All life is precious to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Countless numbers. There. There, there's murders in our street. Okay, if you don't want to listen to me, then the consequences is, is that you're going to have crime, you're going to have murder, and you're going to have all these problems that are in, the, in, in, in your communities. How many know we have problems in our communities today? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Strife and violence, verse 29, bitter and sometimes violent conflict. In fact, I looked up strife in Webster, and Webster says in particularly political strife. How I many you know that our politics are at an all-time low? Oh, come on. Contentions, deceit. Now, he names this because you look at verse 28. So look at verse 28. It says, God gave them up, or God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do these things which are not fitting or proper, being filled with, and he starts to list them. This is what some of those things I'm listing right now, what God gave them up to. Verse 29, he gave them up to deceit. How many know that we are in a system today where nobody trusts anybody? The police don't trust the community. The community don't trust the police. The people don't trust the government. Nobody trusts anybody. How many know that, that, that deceit? Is the order of the day. People saying one thing in your face, they're saying something else behind your back. How many know that's the atmosphere that we're living in today? An atmosphere, as it says in verse number 31, unforgiveness and no mercy. Disobedient to parents. And how many know that all of these things sums up to the judgment of God. It is what is happening. How many, how many know it's happening because we've rejected the God of the Bible? 
We've rejected him. We've pushed it over to the side. And how many know that whenever we do that, think about your own life. Whenever, whenever you decide to push the word of God over to the side, how many know that there's a consequence? It may not be quick. It may not be fast. You may look like you got away with it, just like the guy that just robbed the bank, driving on the road, counting his money, thinking everything's good, until in the middle of the night, the police knock on your door, come on, and, and take you in, and you thought you, how many know, the, how many know we don't get away with anything? So then, the consequences of our sins are being played out right in plain sight. This is why I say I believe that America is under the judgment of God, because many of these things are happening, and they're happening at an accelerated rate. So this message is entitled, A Call to Pray. Now, so here we are in this situation where we see all this trouble. We see all the the violence, and we see the unjust actions, and we see all of these things. We see what's taking place around us. And in the midst of all that, God calls us to pray. How many know that unless God moves, nothing changes? Y'all hearing that? Nobody in here has the power to change a heart, but God can. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Now, I understand that, that many preachers and many people have taken this verse out of context. So I want to do justice to the text because I don't like taking Bible verses out of context. But Second Chronicles chapter number 7, verse 14, I believe still apply to us today. Second Chronicles Chapter 7, verse 14, let me read it. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin. And God says, I'll heal. He says, I'll heal their land. Now, this passage was originally was directed toward the children of Israel when Solomon had built the temple. Y'all remember that? Solomon built a temple, and there was great rejoicing. And God said if it ever came a point in time when the people got in trouble, if they turned their face to that temple, God said he would hear from heaven. He would hear them and, and heal their land if they got off track. That's where 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 comes out of. But unlike ancient Israel, America is not a covenant nation. In other words, God didn't make a, a covenant with America like he made a covenant with Israel. However, for those of us who are Christians, how many know that the covenant blessings still do apply? Galatians 3.29 says this, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and you are heirs according to the promise. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. All the promises, listen to this, all the promises of salvation Mercy, forgiveness of sins, and spiritual prosperity are ours to claim as we walk with God. Because we are the covenant people. Look at your neighbor and say, you are covenant. You are under the covenant of God. We are the covenant people of God. The same blessing that was on Abraham is on us today. 
And some of you don't fully understand that. I can go a whole, I can go really, really deep into that, but you need to go read about the blessings of Abraham. So the spiritual state of the church in our nation is key to the blessing of the nation as a whole. So watch this, church. So if God is going to bless America, it will not be for the sake of the nation itself. But he blesses the nation, as always, for the sake of his people. Oh, some of y'all didn't get that. He blessed the nation for the sake of his people. How many know your presence in the earth ought to mean something? You have been planted right here on the earth, and you're in covenant relationship with God, which means that any time, how many have ever had a situation where somebody was in trouble, they had no relationship with God, but they knew you did? And they said, will you go to God with what are they really saying is, I know you're in covenant relationship with God and I know you can get to him because I'm not there. Has anybody ever had that experience? See, see, if if we are not fulfilling the condition for divine blessing, there is no hope for America. But if the church is fit to receive God's blessing, then the whole nation will be blessed. The whole nation will be blessed because the word of God will be proclaimed with power. How many know that when we walk with God, we walk in power? I want to say it again. When you walk with God, you walk in power. There's an authority that comes on your life when you walk with God. So watch this, church. So this applies to us. We're the covenant people of God, the church. You've heard me say it before, and I echo Bill Hybels. The church is the hope of the world. As the church goes, so goes the nation. And how do we do it? How are we going to do it? How are we going to change this thing? How are we going to flip this thing around? This can't be done through backdoor rooms and smoke-filled rooms. No, 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 no. This has to be done by and through the people of God crying out to a God that can change anything. He says that if my people who are called by my name, if my people, this verse applies today, if my people who are called by my name, watch this, how many know that that prayer is meant to be channeled through a relationship with God. You got to have a relationship with God. You got to have a relationship with him. He said, if my people. So, so God is calling covenant people. He's calling you. He's calling me as the people of God. He said, if my people, the ones that love me, the ones that worship me, the ones who know me, if my people, he's not calling nobody else. How many know he's calling his people? He says, humble themselves. How many know that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble? How many know that we need to come to a place that we humble ourselves before God and say, God, we can't do this without you? Because some of us are self-sufficient. You've, done a, you've, been, you've been pulling the strings, at least you think, your whole life, and you've been on, you've been just been able to just do it on your own. But 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 how many know that God loves it when the people come to the end of themselves? I don't know how many of you came to the end of yourself and you realized that you don't know what you're doing. Has anybody ever realized I don't know what I'm doing? I need God. 
That's why you're sitting here today, because you know you need God. You are here because you realize. He said, we got to humble ourselves. This is a way of saying, God, our nation ain't going to get fixed, God. I can't fix it. I've tried to argue with people. They don't listen. I've tried to talk with people, God. They're not hearing it. God, you have to move. God, God, you got to do it because I don't know. I don't know how to fix this. This is what he's saying. We're humbling ourselves. We're, we're coming to the place where we're saying we're, we're looking up. We're looking up. Watch this. He says, pray and seek his face. Pray and seek his face. Pray, seek his face. You know, how many know that when he talks about seeking God, how many know that we, that we got to seek his will above our own? How many know that when you really seek God, you're stripping yourself of yourself so that you can fully embrace whatever it is God wants? So when you, whenever somebody said, well, I'm going to go seek the Lord, what, they, what, they, what they're really telling me, hopefully and this is the way they're thinking, that I'm, I'm willing to let whatever my disposition is about stuff, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to seek God. I want to hear what he has to say because I fully intend to obey him. Is anybody in here fully intend to obey him? How many of the Bible says that? that we'll find him if we search for him with all of our hearts. God wants us to bring the issues of our day. Hear me. God wants us to bring the issues that we see in our community. God wants us to bring them to him. We do more complaining than we do praying. How many know that if we did more prayer, if our prayer even came up just a third of the way to our complaining, how many know we can change the world? But in most cases, we sit back and we complain, we complain. And how many know that everybody in the world is complaining? Because that's all they know. And how many know that God judges people so badly? I mean, he jumped on Israel quick when Israel started complaining. One thing God did not like, y'all know, if you know your Bible, he hated when the people of God started complaining. God wants us to stop complaining and start praying. So watch this. So let's make a covenant together, shall we? So every time you sense in your spirit that you want to start complaining, at that moment say, oh, I'm going to go pray. Pray and don't complain. Pray. Look at the name and say pray. See? He said pray and, and, and seek his face. So what we need to do is we need to bring these issues in our community, the issues that we're dealing with today in our government, in our political system, God says we need to bring that stuff to him. Bring it to him in prayer. Because as we said a moment ago, we can't do it without the power of God. Then our worship leader said that this morning. She said we can't do anything without the power of God. How many of you believe that? Know that to be true. Whether you know it or not, it's true. You better get a revelation. And watch this. He says, now, here's, here's another condition. He said, now, we got to turn from our wicked ways. So we understand that there's a lifestyle that's attached to effective prayer. So we, we understand that our lifestyle means something. How many know when you walk in darkness, you can't see? 
You, when you walk in darkness, see, when you walk in the light, now you're in a position to see and be able to make a difference. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because you're walking in the light. You can be a Christian and walking in darkness, blind as a bet, not being able to discern the times. But how many know God don't want us to be ignorant? Turn from our wicked ways also not just means that you get your life together and that you make sure that you're doing your best to represent God and how you live your life. But here's the other part of it, church, that we cannot, we cannot affirm as good what God already declared is wrong. How many know the much of the church today? I mean, we're now, we're affirming stuff. And, and, and then sometimes, you know, when church got really cute because since we don't want to offend nobody, we just don't say nothing. Well, how many know that their silence is saying a whole lot? How many know that when the church... If the church is silent on issues, we're saying a whole lot. So turning from our wicked ways means, watch this, coming to agreement with what God said, whether you like it or you don't. Y- y'all follow what I'm saying? See, I'm, I'm one of those old-fashioned people. I just, I, I just happen to believe the Bible. I just happen to believe everything it says. I'm not one of those that think parts and pieces of it don't. I believe that this whole thing is the word of God. Does anybody believe that in the house? I believe it. So, so the Bible says, woe unto him that called good evil and evil good. Warning. So watch this. So part of turning from our wicked ways, watch this, means this. Part of turning from our wicked ways simply means that we agree with God. And we don't affirm just because it's not politically correct. Or just because it's political correct. We don't affirm what other people say are right because if when people say stuff is right and it don't line up with scripture, you ought to go with scripture or stop calling yourself a Christian. How many, y'all, y'all, some of y'all got offended by that. Okay. How many know that Christ means, Christian means a follower of Christ? I don't have a problem. If you don't want to agree with the book, if you don't want to say it, then I'm, I'm cool. You, you're free. Free as a bird. Go do whatever, do whatever you feel your soul want to do. But don't call yourself a Christian if you're not in agreement with what he says. You still got work to do. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Then God says, watch this. He says, if my people would do this, covenant people, covenant people would do this. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll hear from heaven. And I'll heal their land. God said, I'll heal the, God, how many know God can flip this thing around in America? Oh, how many know God can flip it around? And he'll do it through his people. He'll do it through you. Imagine, just imagine, can, can you go with me to my happy place? Just imagine, how many Supreme Court justices do we have in our nation? Eight, nine, how many? Nine? Some of y'all don't even know yet. Cover me no history. I believe nine. Just think that if one of them got saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they start preaching to the other ones, how many know God can flip it on a dime? God can change it just that quick, but it's going to come through his people. God says, I'll heal from heaven. I hear from heaven, and I'll heal their land. How many know that sometimes healing comes through pain? Healing sometimes comes through pain. You know, you know, I, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, unapologetically, and I occasionally use the pulpit to express what I believe is God's team. And uh, I know I'm theologically a little bit off on this one, but 
I can, I can figure out a way to make it work, but brother said preach. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're playing sports and you rip your ACL, nine times out of ten, almost 100%, they're going to have to cut you again. So not only do you have the pain of the ACL, right, that you got to deal with, but now they got to go and operate and they got to what? Cut you again. Because they're cutting you, now they're going to compound the pain. But why do they have to compound it? Because they got to cut you in order to fix you. How many know that God got to cut the nation in order to fix the nation? So healing comes through pain. So some of this stuff, it has to play out. Some of the stuff in your own life, you've been trying to trip like, why is this, stuff? Why is this happening? God said, let it play out. It has to happen because redemption is on the way. Redemption is on the way. So, yes, it hurts. But sometimes healing comes through pain. And I believe, I believe that when the people of God get serious and we begin to cry out to God and pray and seek his face and, 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 just, and just invade the doors of heaven, I don't believe that God, when his people are crying out, I don't believe night and day that they are on one accord calling on the name of the Lord. I do not believe that God would turn his back. I don't believe it for one second. I believe that when God's people get serious about prayer, God will move. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 4. This is the New Testament version of what I just said about 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. In the same spirit of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, he said, therefore, I exhort first of all the supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all. Everybody say all. For kings, that means presidents, prime ministers, however you want to call them, and all who are in authority. What did the Bible tell us to do for them, for all those folks? It said pray for them. Everybody say, pray for. Pray for. Pray for. I know you're stubborn. Pray for. <laughs> pray for. He didn't say pray against. Pray for kings and all who are in authority. Watch this, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and in reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Watch this, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Isn't that amazing? So watch, he said, prayers and intercession be made for all men. Watch this. And all those who are in authorities, the one that you like and the ones that you don't like. Because some of you got folk, man, you don't like, boy, you talk about them a lot, don't you? You slander them a lot. Why don't you pray for them? The darker they are, pray harder. Pray for. How many of you believe the Bible? I'm just I'm a I'm old-fashioned Bible teacher. I just pray for him. I just do what the Bible says. I'm gonna pray for you, brother. I don't agree with you. I don't like what you're saying. I, but I'm, I'm gonna pray that God will open your eyes. How many of you know we need to pray that folk have an encounter with God? We need to pray that. And for those who are in authority, government leaders, police, civic leaders, local governments, state governments, we need to pray that they have an encounter with God. Because what God is doing is bigger than your political vote. God is after a people that he wants. God is after redemption. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus came to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. They are lost, all of them. 
Some of you just got that revelation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they're not walking in Christ. They are lost. But look at what he says here. I think this is very interesting because he says that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. He says, here's what I want you to pray. But he's saying that your, your, your quietness and your peace is attached to your prayer life. He said, pray. Now, how many know God wouldn't, Apostle Paul wouldn't tell Timothy to tell the people of God to pray if, he, if, if, if prayer wasn't going to change things? How many know that when the Bible tells you to pray, he's telling you pray because I'm going to hear. And, and, and that, he, why would God tell you to pray if he won't going to do nothing? What's the purpose? He says, now pray. He said, Paul, Paul said, Timothy, now I want you to pray for all of them. Why? Be, that you might lead a quiet and peaceable life. You can pray peace wherever you go. You can pray it in your community. You can pray it in your atmosphere. You can walk in peace. You can pray it and declare it. How many know God will move? Oh, God will move. He says that this is acceptable with God. Isn't that what that verse says? So watch this. Whenever you see the Bible say this is acceptable with God, that, that's really saying, that's God, that's, that, that's the way of saying that God got your back. I don't know about you, but I, I just, whatever I'm doing, I want to look back every now and then. Some of you just need to look back every now and then and say, you good? All right, I'm gone. But, but, but some of you just keep walking. We don't even look back. We, we, we ain't coming back until we crash and burn. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, why, why you talk to God in the first place? See, see, if it's acceptable for God, God said this is acceptable. This is what's right. Anything else is not. Saying to, so we pray for our leaders and we pray for those who are in authority. We cry out to God for them. He said this is acceptable, which means God, I have our backs. And the goal is that God desires that all men come to a knowledge of the truth. Don't lose sight of that. Their goals may be to win the office. God's goal is to save them. Y- y- y'all understand what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. God's goal is to save them. Don't matter where they come from. Don't matter what color they are. Don't matter what race. How many know from one blood, God made all people? One blood. I know some of us, we look different. Some of us cuter than others, whatever. You know, I look better than y'all. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Okay, I ain't gonna let, I'm going to hear that again. I know that's, I'm, I'll set myself up. I'm going to walk right into it. Help me out, brother. All right. <laughs> but y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? God wants all men to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what it's all about. That's what it is. That's, that's it right there. That's why we got to pray. That's why we're praying for America. We're praying that all men come to a knowledge of the truth because if they find God, righteousness will come. Oh, the laws will change. Stuff will happen if they find God. In conclusion, look at this. How many know that Jesus, Jesus built his ministry? Jesus built his ministry on prayer. How many know that if Jesus built his ministry on prayer, how much more ought we to pray? He said this, Jesus said this, Matthew 21, 13, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house. It is as if Jesus was saying that if my house and my people ain't praying, 
No prayer, no effective ministry. Y'all hearing that? See, prayer keeps you dependent on God because your proclivity is to do stuff by yourself. How many of you have to force yourself to pray sometimes? Because your natural disposition is to get up and go. Right? Prayer forces you to talk to God. It keeps you humble. keeps you trusting. God ain't going to do what he needs to do through us until we start seeking him first. We got to ask him. We got to invite the presence and the power of God into this. This is what the people can do. The people of God can unlock some things in heaven and bring it down on the earth. We can do it. We got the keys. Some of you don't even understand that. We got the keys. We can unlock some things in Jesus' name. The people of God, the covenant people, that's how significant you are. Mark 1.35, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and he departed into a solitary place to pray. Look at Jesus. Mark 6.46, and when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. Luke 6.12, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray. He continued all night in prayer to God. Mark, uh, uh, Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Everywhere you look, Jesus prayed. No wonder why 12 people flipped the world upside down and millions of people have come into the kingdom. But it all started with prayer. Jesus said this, I do nothing unless I see my daddy do it. Oh, can you say that this morning? But I don't do nothing unless I hear from my God. I got to hear from daddy. He said, I do nothing. So because Jesus prioritized prayer, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Jesus, would, he just, whatever he was doing, he made sure that he talked to God because he knew that he couldn't do anything unless he was talking to God. And here's the thing, you can't do nothing unless you talk to God either. Not anything of any spiritual significance. You can't. We got to talk to God. Look at the name and say, watch and pray. That's Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, now watch this. Many of us watching. We're watching, right? Many of us can see what's going on. But here's the thing. He says, watch and pray. Because see, if you're just watching, then you'll get mad. If you're just watching, you'll get in the flesh. If you're just watching, you'll you, 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 you lose it. But if you watch and pray, how many know prayer keeps your emotions in check? Prayer will keep it spiritual. Watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. Temptation to do what? To do what you shouldn't do. We got to watch and pray. We got to watch and pray. America, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, this, the last week of October, write it down. October 24th to the 28th, we're going to be fasting and praying. We're going to be meeting every night. We're going to cry out to God for America. We're going to pray. And, I, and some of you, if you, listen, if you can take leave, if you can do whatever, we're going to pray and believe God. And we'll be talking about prayer all month. It's all, this is our prayer month. This is, this is the time when I'm asking the church, let's pray. Wednesday, every Wednesday, 6 o'clock, we're praying. I thank God for the few folk that come consistently every Wednesday because without those prayers, let me tell you something, we couldn't, we couldn't accomplish anything, anything at all. It's important. So let's understand the power of prayer. We'll be talking about it all month, and you need to humble yourself. I know how bright you are. I know you're smart. I know you got it all. But 
when you pray to God, if Jesus prayed, how many of you are smarter than him? Good. We got no crazy people here today. Then you need to pray, and we need to do it together. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.